Well, we've been studying on or, you know, uh, meditating and studying on the subject of faith that overcomes. Now, before I take you into that, let me read a portion of scripture for you. Let's go to the book of Kings. This is found in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I want to, because I want our minds to be filled with the word, the word that inspires us, the word that, you know, that causes faith to rise because there is so much bad news all around us. So many bad things that are happening and bad experiences, people sick, people dying, people receiving negative reports. And sometimes it can become very oppressive and cause us to agree with our mind what the Lord is saying. But deep down in our heart, we can be discouraged, we can be depressed and even move into unbelief. So it's my responsibility, I believe, to encourage you from the word to make sure that you are, that you're not you know, you know, enticed by the enemy to lose focus on what the Lord can do for you as you believe in him. Look at this. I know it's a very common passage of scripture, but let's read it again. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. So the school of prophets had met with Elisha the prophet and said, Let, we need a larger building. We need to move into a larger place because this place that we're coming together is too small. Let us go down to the or to the Jordan River, where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead, let's do it, he says. Please come with me, someone suggested, and he, and I will, he said. So he went along with the prophets, and when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. And the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. Oh, hallelujah. Have you, have you ever heard of iron floating on water or swimming in water? Hallelujah. To God, all things are possible. Besides that, to him that believeth, all things are possible. So no matter how dark your situation may seem like right now, and how hopeless, listen to me. God is a God of miracles. If only we can trust in him, if only we can fill our hearts with his word and uh, the meditations of our heart be acceptable to him when we, uh, as we dwell on what he said, faith will begin to kick in and faith will begin to rise. Look at this. He's throw, he throws a stick. The stick does not go looking for the axe head. The axe head begins to float up, swim in the water and come up to the top. And the prophet says, grab it. Hallelujah. Get ready to grab your miracle today. I said, get ready to grab your miracle today. I said, a miracle. That means that which baffles your natural mind. That which your natural mind says is impossible. That which the doctor says it can be done. It's all over. It, that we have no more, no, nothing more that we can do. Grab your miracle right now. When you say, I've, I've, I've come to the last. You know, I have no money left over. I don't know where. I don't know where to go to. I don't know who to turn to. I, I've come to the end. He said, alas, master, this axe head was borrowed. He said, don't worry. 
Don't worry. He says, give me a stick. He throws the stick. Glory be to God. God who does, who did the miracle in the past can do it again right now and again in the future. All he wants us is to believe in his word. Not trying to believe, but believe in the heart. Okay, now that takes me to the portion of, uh, you know, to the, to the passage that we were, or sorry, to the subject that we were dealing with. Now, we were dealing with the, uh, the subject called faith that overcomes, and we came to the place where we, where we began to talk about the heart, and we said, the heart is the production center. Amen? The heart is the production center. Now, because you see, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart that mouth speaketh. But besides that, he says, Beloved, sorry, verily I say unto that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where? In his heart, not in his head, but in his heart. But shall believe where? In his heart. That those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. All right? So, whatever is coming out of your mouth, when it comes from a heart that believes, it is laden with power. It is potent. It has got creative power. It has got power to do the impossible. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Okay? So we said, the doubting and the believing and trusting is where? In the heart. So he says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what would we say? We said the heart is the production center. The heart is the production center for not only good, but even for evil. That's what we saw in scripture last week where I showed you where Jesus talks about how evil things proceed out of the heart and even the good things proceed out of the heart. And what is in your heart is expressed through your mouth. So if you want to know what you really believe, watch what you're saying. And not when you're trying to make, your say, make yourself say something, but when you speak, you know, in not trying to say something, but what naturally comes out of your heart is what you truly believe. Hallelujah. Okay? So keep that in mind. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, Speak it. Okay. So we're going to go further now. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says this. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay. Keep what? Thy heart. The other, there are several other translations like the NLT and the NIV and the Amplified. They use the word guard your heart. That means make sure you're taking care of your heart. What does that mean? That means because the heart is the production center, whatever is fed into the heart, whatever is sown into the heart, it now begins to work on it and it produces the fruit. So he says, Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Because what you hear and you begin to believe begins to become the raw material on which your heart begins to work. And as you begin to believe that, you, your faith is established in it and you will invariably speak that out. Okay? So you can say, I'm a believer, but if you speak doubt, words filled with doubt, you will never see the miracle God, miracle power of God manifest in your life. 
Yes, you are born again, you're tongue talking, but you always keep saying, listen, I don't know if I will get healed. I've been praying, so many different people prayed, I've been confessing, nothing has happened, nothing seems to be happening, and you begin to express doubt. That, you see, what you're saying is an expression of what you really believe in your heart. Now that has come into play because of what you've been feeding yourself with. It's important to realize that you are the one that is the watchman over your heart. You are the guard. You have to guard what goes into your heart, whether it's through your ear gate or through your eye gate, okay? You have to watch what gets into your heart because once it gets into your heart and is established, remember in the book of Mark chapter four and verse 14, the Lord talks about the parable of the sower and he says, he talks about the heart and the, the soil and the seed. And he says, the soil is the heart, the seed is the word. And a man of God once said, the Bible is a bag of seed. Hallelujah. So now it's my responsibility to take care of my heart, which is the soil, and select, be selective in making sure that I don't let tares be planted, but the real seed of God be planted in my heart. Hallelujah. Because if I don't take care of that, I can be careless and allow all kinds of influences. I can, like for example, if I sit among unbelievers unconsciously and spend time with them, unconsciously I will be letting the tears of seeds of doubt be planted in my heart. And no matter how much you try to, uh, you know, you, you, you try to pluck them out, it becomes difficult after, after a certain period of time. So we got to watch out who we spend time with, who you will permit to speak into your life. Are you with me? Will you let the culture, which is against the word of God, influence your thinking? Or will you be willing to let the word of God change the way you were raised, the way you used to believe in the past? And Cut yourself off from people who try to influence you in a way that is not in accordance with the word of God. So you got to be selective. Remember, I shared this before in the, in, in the church and I said, when Peter and John were punished or because, and they were, and they were threatened because of what, because of the miracle that they had done, they had done in the name of the Lord, they healed the crippled man and they, and they were warned not to preach in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says they went to their company. It didn't say they went to their relatives. It didn't say it went to, they went to their people of, uh, you know, of their clan. It says they went to their company. What is the company? The company of people who are believing the same thing. They were all having the same belief system. So they drew encouragement by sitting with people that had like-mindedness and like-minded faith so that they're not being pulled in different ways and make and cause them to doubt and, 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 you know, and begin to uh, wonder if God was with them or not. But they said, no way, Lord, increase the, our boldness, Lord. He said, as they began to pray, Peter prayed, Lord, 
grant unto this thy servant that with all boldness we may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of their holy child Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, they went to their company and I'm saying this friend, don't sit among people who will, who will, it will speak words that will cause your faith to evaporate or cause you to be depleted and challenge you in your faith in God and his word and his miracles. You have to be very selective as to where you will spend your time and how you'll spend your time. He says, guard your heart. Why? With diligence. How? With diligence. Which means, I looked up the word diligence. It says, constant and earnest effort. So you've got to be constantly on the watch. Not letting anything come into your heart that will negate or try to pluck or uh, and uproot your faith in God and his power or cause contamination to come in through fear. When fear comes in, your faith gets contaminated. So you have to be on the guard. Don't listen to stuff that will challenge your faith, but listen to what God said and constantly think about it, constantly talk about it, constantly dwell upon it. You and I have the responsibility of building our faith. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So he says, why? Because out of it are the issues of life. Because out of it flow the issues of life. Now, what did we say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And when the mouth speaketh, Power is released because he said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So it's not cracking a joke. It's not telling a story. But when you speak in faith, hallelujah, you're guarding your heart with diligence. Now, and so when your heart is beginning to produce, the, the production, whatever is produced, is now manifested through your speech. And when you speak it, power is released. Hallelujah. And direction, you, you sense direction in, in the words you speak. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Look at this. In, uh, in the NLT, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You see, your belief system is what is always guiding your steps to move forward in life. Because if you believe, let's say for example, there is a particular career that you feel you have to pursue. And it is because of somebody's influence or you might have studied about it and you might have seen the opportunity about it. And so you're now convinced that that's the career you have chosen and you want to move forward. But then somebody comes along in your family and they say, no, that's not the right course because I see you, I observe you, and I see that's not your gifting. This is the, actually your gifting is something else. And I really believe that if you pursue this, you will really excel. But you see, you don't seem to like that advice and you don't seem to go in that direction because now you're convinced where? In your heart. The person that is talking to you is trying to talk to you in logical manner. He's trying to give you some logical facts. He's talking to you through analysis. He's talking to you through experience, but it's not going through and it's not convincing you because your heart, in your heart, you're already convinced that this is the way. Are you with me now? I hope you understand what I'm saying. So in the heart, that's why when you make choices, in life, whatever it is, whether it's a, you're the course of you have to take in life or the person you're going to marry or the place you're going to locate to, the way you want to, the place you want to go to, or whatever it is. See, once you're convinced in the heart, 
Glory be to God. That's the reason why we need counsel of godly men and women. That's why we need to sit down and listen to them. I know you may be convinced, but you're convinced because of the input you've had from different resources or sources. And all the sources that you listen to may not be the right sources. So that's the reason why God has placed the fivefold ministry to speak into your life, to, to encourage you and say, hey, exhort you and say, this is, hey, this is what I sense in God. This is not the right choice. I don't, can I see, can they, can they prophesy everything about your future? No, but they can sense in God and they say, listen, be open. Because if in your heart you're convinced that that's a wrong way, you will never choose that. But if you're in your heart, you've chosen that, even if people say it's wrong, it will be extremely difficult for you to change course. Why? Because the heart, watch this, it determines the course of your life. What? Your heart. What in your heart? What you have established in your heart. You're convinced. Glory be to God. So be careful, my friend, that your input... Glory be to God. Your input is godly input. That's why he says in, what does he say in um, Psalm chapter 1? Let's go there and I'll come back to you. Come back over here. Let's go to the book of Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. Hallelujah to Jesus. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor sitteth, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What's he saying? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, you can have counsel that comes from ungodly people. I always say, no one is born a, is a born criminal. Nobody is born criminal. Nobody is born rapist. Nobody is born wanting to do evil. But as they receive this and associate with ungodly, evil people, their heart becomes hardened and they feel that's the choice, they, that's the road to go. And your heart is determining the way you must move forward. But he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So he, this man chooses, blessed is the man who? The one that delights in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. That means he has made a choice that I will not let my heart be influenced by ungodly people, ungodly shows on television, ungodly shows on Netflix, and ungodly stuff that I read on, uh, on uh, wherever, you know, even from uh, the social media stuff. I choose not to because everything I see and read is in some way influencing my heart. And in my heart, it, you know, the devil and God both are vying for your heart. Both are after your heart. Now you are the one who decides. You are the deciding factor. Whether you will let God take over or whether you let the enemy. And the enemy comes in a very deceptive manner trying to, you, you know, induce things through pictures, attractive pictures, attractive ways of communication and uh, colorful ways of communicating and slowly but surely it'll draw you away into ungodly counsel. So we have to be very careful. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about, I love my God and I know if I indulge in this stuff, if I expose myself to this, it's not that I might go to hell, 
but I can create my own hell because I'm yielding my heart over to the enemy who can now influence me and induce thoughts and images and ideas and ways that will please my flesh. And so, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm born again. Yes, I speak in tongues, but my heart is determining a course that may not be in agreement with God. But the Lord says, blessed is the man, hallelujah, who will meditate on the word of God. Why? Because he is now, you know, intentionally opening his heart to be influenced by God's word. Hallelujah. He wants God. He's meditating on the He wants the word of God and God to speak into his heart and his heart be established in God's word where he now can believe for the impossible. Well, I, get, I shared that scripture and I read that portion of scripture in the beginning today about what happened with the axe and how it swam only to encourage you and say, listen, there is no hopeless situation for a child of God. It may seem hopeless, but it's not hopeless. If you can only believe. Now that takes me over to another portion of scripture. Because I'm going to come back. But wait, but let me take you there. But, but hang on a minute. He says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law that he meditate day and night. And he, he shall be, watch this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth fruit in his season. And his leaf shall not wither. Hallelujah. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah to Jesus. Why? Life is flowing. How? Because you have now opened your heart for God and his word to influence your heart through your thinking, through your reading, through your watching, through, you know, giving yourself over and surrendering to God. You're saying, Lord, hallelujah. And so now his spirit is working in you and he is now guiding you. Wait a minute. What do you say? Beloved, above all, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. God wants you to prosper in all areas, live in divine health as your soul prospers. Now, we're talking about soul prosperity. It happens in the heart. The heart has to be influenced by God and his word. Be encouraged to think and to believe and to speak miraculous language language that 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 depicts miracles you know we got to believe in miracles hallelujah to jesus praise be to god so if i don't work on you know soul prosperity which is what the will the mind and the emotion my mind my my thinking has to be influenced by god's word it has to begin to expand Oh, not like not speak like everybody oh everybody says it's the end of the road no i'm not saying it's the end of the road no there is a way. Where there is no way, God will make a way. Hallelujah. See, I'm convinced in my heart. So when I'm convinced in my heart about what God is saying, obviously, and without having to force myself, I will speak what is in accordance to God's word and his will. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You see, if you go over to Exodus Exodus chapter 14, let me see if I can find it. All right, Exodus chapter 14, yeah. Verse 13. <clears throat> or, uh, you know, now here is the situation. The Egyptians were following after the Israelites. They were now camped by the sea. And the Egyptian army was behind them. There was no way of escape, okay? So, watch this. 
in chapter 14 and verse 12. Is not this the word we had, we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Wait a minute. What they're saying is what they're believing. They said it would have been better for us to be in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. They were now believing. Although they saw God do amazing miracles, amazing, mind-blowing miracles. They saw, they experienced that. But now when the, in the heat of the situation, watch what they're saying. Because they're looking at the scene, they're looking at the situation, and they're opening their mouths to speak anything. And what they're saying is nothing but unbelief. They said, hey, Moses, did we not say that it would have been better? Why, why, we, we would have served the Egyptians. Why did he bring us here to kill us? So no, look at what Moses says. Look at what the people of Israel said, and look at what Moses says. The Israelites said, it would have been better if we were left in Egypt. We would have continued to live as slaves. We didn't mind that. We loved slavery, you know. We, we, it would have been better. We, we, we would continue like that or we'd die like that. But God had a plan for them. God wanted to emancipate them. God wanted to take them from slavery to ownership. Hallelujah. From slavery to royalty. Glory be to God. God wanted them to have their own Praise God, to which they could lay claim and say, this is mine that the Lord has blessed me with. God's purpose and desire was that for, their, for these people. But they, were, they, they could not believe in God because every time they faced opposition, they began to doubt the character of God. They began to doubt the promise of God. They began to doubt the, the, the nature of God and they began to question God every time. Child of God, don't be such a Christian that's always doubting just because you have a problem that you're facing. Right now, it could be a challenge like COVID or it could be a financial challenge or it could be some other challenge in your workplace or maybe you've lost your job. Don't begin to behave like the Israelites who had no understanding of the covenant that they had with God. Yes, they had a covenant, but they had no understanding of the covenant. When you don't have an understanding of the covenant and your heart is not filled with the knowledge of that, what will you do? You will speak like anybody else in the world because you don't have a relationship with him. But a man that has a relationship with God, who has heard God and has let God influence his thinking so that his heart is filled with what God has said, look what he says. He says, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't fear now. Don't contaminate the faith. Don't let fear penetrate. You know, you, you're, now you're now reacting in fear because of what? Because of what you see with your eyes. Because you see the size of the army. You see their weaponry. You see their horses. You see their chariot. Now you're in terrible, you're, you are petrified. You're in fear. He says, don't fear. Stand still. Don't do nothing. See the salvation of the Lord. My God, he's our savior. He will save us from the sword. He will save us from the Egyptian. He will save you from the COVID. He will save you from sickness. He will save you from every attack of the enemy. Stand still. That means what? Shut up. If you can't say anything right according to God's word, shut your mouth. Okay? And it says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. Wow. How is this man able to speak like that? Because he did not let 
negative things that are contrary to God's word and his promises enter his heart. He guarded his heart. Child of God, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart that you will not say anything that contradicts what God said about your life, about your future, about your loved ones, about your family, about your finances. Don't say nothing that will contradict what God said. Okay? And says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Stand still. Trust him. What he's saying is, hey, trust the Lord. I can't see a way out. Moses, which way are we going to go? Right, left, north, south, east, west. Whichever way we go, we're going to die. Shut up. Say, stay put, stand still, and see what God is about to do. And that's a word for somebody today that's watching me. Don't yap too much. Don't open your mouth and talk all kinds of nonsense. Don't talk negative stuff. Don't question God. Shut up and stay there and say, Lord, I thank you. I know I cannot see a way out, but I know my God will make a way. My God will heal my loved one. My God will deliver me. My God will set me free. My God will provide for me and I will stand still and see how God will do this for me. Hallelujah. But I know my God will get me through because he's promised. Hallelujah. He's promised me divine health. By his stripes I was healed. Speak that over your loved one that is recovering in the hospital right now or maybe diagnosed with the sickness right now with that COVID. Listen to me. COVID, COVID is not a death sentence. And you don't better turn it into a, into a death sentence by you opening your mouth and talking negative stuff that will kill the person. No. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Don't let the tongue, your tongue, become a weapon that agrees with COVID to kill you or your loved one. No, COVID cannot do it. My God is more powerful than anything out there in the world. And my God is my deliverer. My God, he said, you, he, he is our salvation. Hallelujah. He will deliver you, child of God. But don't guard your heart. Don't let negative stuff penetrate your heart. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. I know the doctors have given up, but you don't give up. Because they trust in the knowledge that they have received in the medical school. And thank God for that. But our God is beyond what medical science can do for us. Our God is the one that created our bodies wonderfully. Gloriously. Hallelujah. He's the one that raised Lazarus after four days of being in the grave. He's the one that healed the sick. He's the one that gave sight to the blind. He's the one, praise God, he's the one, he's the one, he's the one. And he's the one that's going to do amazing miracles for you today. But let only what is in agreement with God's word penetrate your heart. Let me read that again. Let's, let's go back to what I was sharing. It says, because your heart is what determines the course of your life. And NIV says, everything you do flows from it. Everything you do in life flows from your heart. Your heart is what is guiding you. That's why your heart must be filled with his spirit. We will look into it next week. What is the heart? Hey, that's why you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to pray much in the Holy Spirit because the heart, the innermost being, 
I'll show you that next week, all right? But for now, uh, and the amplified version says, for out of it flows the springs of life. Out of where? Out of the heart. Glory be to God. Out of the heart flows the springs of life. Who is influencing you? How much time do you give to God, His Word, prayer, listening to the Word? Because whoever you open your ears to is the one or the gadget that is influencing your thinking. And what you think for long becomes what you believe. And it's your belief system that guides you in life. So child of God, say this with me. I am the healed of the Lord. The Lord is my deliverer. I will live and not die and glorify the works of God. I will live and not die and glorify the works of God. I am blessed in every area of my life. As you meditate on the scriptures, as you meditate on the word of God, he says, you shall prosper and whatever you put your hands and do shall prosper. That's your destiny. But the destiny can be robbed can be hindered if you will not be careful about guarding your heart. Now, I want to take you into another place in the book of Daniel, but not now. For today, I think we're going to close. But I believe you learned something. I pray that God will truly encourage you and bless you. Listen to that word. And I've given you instruction, important instruction, that you should be a watchman, a guard, to make sure that anything that is not of God or anything that will disrupt your relationship with God or cause you to doubt Him or contaminate your faith will not be permitted to enter your heart. Hallelujah. So don't go into places. Don't watch stuff or don't read stuff that will work against your soul, work against your faith. You know, some people say, will I, go to, will I go to hell if I go to, if I watch movies? That's not the right question. And not all movies are the same. There are some terrible movies. There are some very good movies. For example, there are movies that can, you know, give you knowledge and understanding. So many documentary films that have movies that are, that will teach you stuff that will help you. There are war movies where you learn strategy and stuff. And, you know, but there are other movies that will you know, work on the, on the passions of the flesh. And that may not be very encouraging and very helpful. That can actually, you know, you don't go to hell just by watching it, but what happens is your heart grabs it. And if you let it germinate, let it work, the heart will begin to produce that and it will guide your steps to do wrong stuff. So be careful. I pray that every one of you will be blessed as you begin to spend time listening and meditating on that word of God and listening to the word. You have to be disciplined. You cannot win in life without discipline. Nobody has ever won a prize without being disciplined in life, in any area of life. 
So discipline is very essential. You've got to discipline yourself to read, to listen to, to study, to meditate on that word that will build your faith. We'll look at it next week from the life of Abraham as well. Okay, but be blessed for now. And I pray that God will bless you immensely. I hope and trust you were blessed. God bless you.